Hey there, and welcome to Good Podcasting, a show designed to help you create, launch, and grow your podcast. My name's Brian. I'm your host here with my co-host, Chase. Yep. And today we're talking about how to prepare a guest for a remote podcast interview. Thanks so much for joining us here at Good Podcasting. And today again, as Brian said, talking about remote recording. Today is kind of uh, the second half of, first of all, you've got the technology set up, everything else. But now you've got to get a guest to do what you need them to do so that you can successfully record for the podcast. So today is prepping your guest. Yeah, and that can be a little tricky because if you do this all the time, it's not the first thing on your mind that maybe the other person doesn't know how to do all of this, right? So it's it's one of those things we have to be really intentional about, uh, not only to prepare them, but what to prepare them with. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think a lot of times, I know, I know we mentioned in the last episode that they may be an expert in their own field, but not an expert at podcasting. Right. And so they may not know all the technology or the lingo, but I think too, even if they themselves are podcast hosts um, or have a podcast, their technology might be different or their flow might be different from what you usually do. And so um, being prepared and preparing them will help them feel more at ease um, so that you can get good quality content. There's not the nervousness. There's not the awkward questions in the middle, things like that. So preparing your guests really well, I think will really um, work towards your benefit to have a really good overall good flowing podcast. Yeah, man, that's a great point. I actually didn't think about is the the other podcasters that I talk to that I interview for this show occasionally use different platforms. They use USB mics versus XLR mics. They record in different places. Like I have a studio that I built, right? That has some level of soundproofing and has some lights. So if we're doing a video, I know I'm all set up, but maybe they just do audio and don't think about the video side of it. Or Maybe they record in their living room and uh, I'm asking them, actually, can you go to a quieter place, right, to record? Mm, so sure. yeah, yeah, your your patterns, your flow, all that stuff that you just mentioned may be different and even the the technology, the 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 platforms that they use. And honestly, if it's my podcast, I want it to sound consistent with what I normally do with the rest of my podcast. So I want to to come into my world in this instance, and I have to prepare them for that rather than just trusting in what they normally do and saying, oh, that's good, you know? Yeah, I think it's really, we've talked about it in a past podcast and we've talked about branding and what is your brand. And that goes beyond your logo and your colors, but even your sound and your flow and things like that. And like you said, you're in my world now. Um, <laughs> is that even though they may have a great podcast and maybe it's even better than your podcast, right? But you want it to match up with your brand. And so right. uh, preparing them really well ahead of time is so important. Yeah. So let's talk through some of the factors to consider. Like, what do they need to know? How do you prepare your guest, Chase? Yeah, I think the, the most important one, and again, we talked about it more in depth in the last uh, episodes, and if you've not checked it out yet, I believe it's episode 42. Um, go listen to that one if you haven't heard it yet. But the, one of the biggest thing is platform. You have to have, um, you yourself have to have the right platform and then introduce them to that platform as well. Yeah, so again, we, we use Riverside as what you and I are recording. Again, now you're back in your office. I'm here mm -hmm. in our studio. Uh, recording again, and I needed to send you a link. So, you know, if you're using Zoom, you know how Zoom works, right? You send everybody a yeah. link, invite them to the meeting. These platforms work the same way. It's they, You have to have the right link. You have to have sometimes 
along with that, you have to have the right web browser. So Riverside, mm. one of the things about this one is if you use a Mac, you can't use Safari. Riverside's not compatible with Safari. You have to use Google Chrome or I think it works with Firefox potentially. You said Edge maybe was another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stay, yeah. Never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But, but that is... That is something to consider. Let's be honest. If I use a Mac and the person I'm interviewing uses a PC, if I tell them, hey, Safari is not going to work, they're like, what's Safari? I don't even know. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I think um, along with that, again, an advantage of using Riverside is there is no additional uh, software to download. Whereas, like, again, I was just telling you earlier, uh, within the last year, I've had several meetings where people have been late or myself, I couldn't even get on a meeting because we had to update the software. Um, and so um, making sure they're familiar with what the technology is, um, that they've updated the software. And like I said, if, if I didn't already have Chrome on my computer, even though Riverside doesn't require me to have any extra software, um, it did require me to have the correct browser and therefore downloading that the browser would have taken time, would have slowed things down. So um, let's talk a little bit about timing of that, Brian. I think last week you even said send it a couple days ahead of time. Yeah, I, I think it's wise to give your guests uh, some prep time. So if you're not familiar with Zoom or Zoom has to update or you're not familiar with Riverside, there's nothing you have to download, but if you're not familiar with the platform, sending the link ahead of time and the invitation ahead of time, several days in advance, will give your guests time to get familiar with it. The settings, they they can, you, I would even encourage them, we'll talk a little bit later, to plug in their microphone, plug in their headset, whatever they use, and play with the platform a little bit just to get familiar with it so you don't have to go through and work out all the bugs when you sit down to record. You can get right to it a little quicker. Yeah, so I think that's really important too when you're you're prepping the guest um, is when you're preparing for the show is is knowing how much time you have. Um, you know, if, if you're hoping to get a 30 minute podcast and you've blocked out an hour, your guest has blocked out an hour, um, or let's say your your guest is expecting a 30 minute podcast, so in their head they're thinking it's going to be an hour. Sorry, they're thinking it's going to be 30 minutes. I'll get through this. Um, to block out sometimes maybe a full hour because, again, you'll have technology problems at the beginning, potentially, um, but even then the, the chat and the banter to, to check uh, audio quality, video quality, things like that, to make sure you give yourself plenty of time when doing so. Yeah, and so that's wise to know that going in, but to even, like you said, tell your guests that and give them that timeline, that time frame. So when I do a, a remote interview, uh, it's usually a 45 minute thing. And that's what I tell them. But I say, Hey, let's, we're going to schedule an hour. So make sure you have a full hour to, to do this. And we normally get right to it. And when it actually leaves time to, after the episode to get to know the person a little bit, not just the podcaster or the guest, but get to know them a little bit as a, as an individual and build, build a relationship with them a little bit. So making sure you leave some extra time, whether you need it on the front end or you, it's just bonus time on the back end. I think it's wise to do that. Yeah. So along with preparing them, getting a time, uh, blocked out the correct amount of time. Um, it's really important to let them know, again, besides the platform, besides the time, maybe Brian, how about you tell us what are some other things to prepare the guests? So what I do, I'll, I'll walk you through my process a little bit later, like from start to finish. I'll be real quick, but uh, some of the things that I include in that are the purpose of the show. 
I think it's mm. it's important for a, a guest coming on to know what you're trying to communicate to your audience. After all, this is your show. This is your audience. These are your people that are following you because of what you bring to them. And you've invited this guest because there's something that they have to offer or an expertise in an area that your your listeners will find valuable. So it's important that they know the purpose of the show. For example, Chase, I could bring you on and say, <laughs> and say, hey, Chase, we're talking about, I'm doing a podcast called Good Podcasting, and it's for people who are trying to start podcasts. They need to know the basics of how to start a podcast. But you do a podcast on, you're an astrophysicist, let's say, and your podcast is all about astrophysics. My listeners aren't necessarily interested in astrophysics, but they are interested in how you as an astrophysicist have approached podcasting. So mm -hmm. we may get into a little bit of what you do, but really I want to talk about your equipment. I want to talk about how you got started, why you thought podcasting was a good outlet for the content that you have rattling around in your brain all the time. So mm -hmm. again, preparing them for the purpose of your show, I think is really wise that they're not necessarily there to talk about the specific thing that they love to do. They're there to talk about the questions that you have to ask them. Now, that's not always the case. I could be doing a podcast on, you know, great discoveries in science. And I invite that person on not to talk about their podcast, but to talk about great discoveries in astrophysics, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking with you there, like you said. So uh, again, they may be an expert, but you want to draw specific information out of them for your purpose. And so Correct. being very clear with that up front would make that a lot easier. Correct. Um, I, I think another thing is sending an outline of the show. Here's what we are going to talk about. Um, I used to send specific questions, and you and I have joked about that multiple times in the past, <laughs> Chase. Um, you even gave like specific answers. Yeah. Like, you should say this. Yeah. Yeah. It still hurts a little. So I won't go there. <laughs> sorry. No, sorry. no, no. It's, I need it. I needed that little push that you gave me and that giant <laughs> kick off the cliff. Um, <laughs> uh, it was good for me, but I do send an outline of the show. Like, here's the three topics we're going to cover. And we'll just see where the conversation goes. Like, I know where I want to start. I know the three topics I want to cover and ask about, and I know where I want to end. So that's the quick outline of the show that I send. Yeah. So again, because they may have lots of ideas, things they want to share, knowing what the purpose is, but then where you want it to go, they can help. You know, they may even jot down notes of things they want to say or answers to the questions or things like that. Again, what your hope is to have a really smooth flowing podcast. You know, you're not going to have to do a lot of post editing and everything else. And so, again, the more you can prepare them with what they're Again, you don't want to tell them what to say, but what you hope to get out of them is really helpful. Right. Yep. Uh, one of the things I always prepare my guests with is, is it audio or a video podcast? And so one of the things I send to them will say, this is an audio only recording, but we are using a video platform. So don't feel like you need, like we're not releasing the video. Don't feel like you need to really like dress up and be fancy and wear a suit and tie or whatever. Just be comfortable. If you're at home in a t-shirt, that's totally fine. It's the audio that's important. So just be comfortable, even though you and I will be able to see each other, be appropriate. But I was we're not, say you at least have to have a shirt yes. on. <laughs> but we're not releasing the video necessarily. So that's one thing I like to clarify. Because sometimes people go, oh, it's an audio podcast. And they jump on and they see a video. 
and go, oh, I wasn't ready for this. You know, I want them mm -hmm. to just be prepared and know what to expect. Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty good too, um, is that if it is going to be video, again, some tips along the way for um, preparing you know, your studio, your, your area where you're recording from. I know when, um, you had sent me the link for Riverside again, it was, it was really easy to follow. It says, Brian's inviting you. Here's when it is. Here's the specific time. There was a big purple button, you know, made it simple, click join session, <laughs> but then you could also add it to your calendar. But then the email also had, again, this was from Riverside. So if you use a different platform, I don't know what it looked like. It talked about, make sure you're in a quiet well at place make sure you're using chrome uh, make sure your computer is plugged in and charging so it itself had given some pretty good um, tips along the way as well yeah and i think that's good to note um that's another reason why i enjoy using riverside because it will send that email for me it will send the invitation now you probably still want to send a follow-up mm, sure from your own email address that says here's the link to join riverside you should be receiving an email from Riverside with more specific information on how to set up. So make sure you check your junk mail or your spam folder because it might have landed in there if they're waiting for it. I can't tell you how many times I've sent the invite through Riverside and the person never received it because yeah, I forgot. This exact one. Yeah, this exact you, you one. You sent me the link and I was like, Brian, you said you were going to send the link. Yeah. And so it's wise. That's why it's wise to send one from your own your own email address so you know it's gonna land in their inbox with a link to it with information that says, hey, check your junk folder because you'll get that email and it's gonna give you the specifics of it. Now, I self little self-promo here, Chase, I just did a, a video on my YouTube channel, Summit City Studios on podcasting on a budget. And it, it's not specific to this uh, conversation, but I, there are some tips at the end of that for how to set up for a video podcast mm -hmm. really cheaply. Uh, one of the things we talk about is your lighting. One of the things we talk about is your background. Um, if it is going to be recorded on video, there's a couple things in there to think about. So I'll, I'll add that link in the show notes as well. Definitely. Good, good. So you can make sure um, they've got good set up instructions for the audio for the video if that's going to be a thing as well. And then also um, ask for bio and links. Yeah, so for promo purposes, right? You want people to know who your guests are. Uh, you want to know how to introduce them. So a couple questions on, you know, can you send me your bio? What are some three things that you want my audience to know about you? Um, what are some links to your social media? I typically always ask that during the, the episode. Like, how can people find you, right? But if they send that ahead of time, I can already have that prepared, already have it ready. They can say it but I don't then have to go back afterwards and go, what was your Twitter again? How I need to list that. They've already sent it to me. I'm already prepared for that. So um, the other thing along with that is if you are promoting on social media, if you do post video, great. If you don't post video, have some sort of visual. So ask them for a headshot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know a lot of people will just jump on somebody's Facebook and rip a picture off. I advise against that. Okay. Um, but Why? it can Why be do you advise against it? I just, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Like, I don't feel comfortable jumping on somebody's Facebook page and ripping off a picture. I feel like it's stealing, you know, whatever, but I know it's public. It, it could be a picture of them and their dog and their dog died. Right. So like, right. That, that makes them sad. That's a sad picture now, whatever that is. That's right. See, I didn't even think about that. Or, or an ex-boyfriend <laughs> or whatever that is like, oh, she looks great in this one. And then right? she's like, yeah, that was with my ex-boyfriend. Um, or maybe a picture that someone else posted. 
of them mm. that they don't like, right? So if you yeah. ask for a headshot, you know they're going to send you a, a photo that they like, at least that they're okay with of themselves for sure. Yeah, so I think one of the most important things when when preparing your guests is to, like you said, put yourself in their shoes, but understand that they have said yes to you. They're they're in a way doing a favor to you or they're, they want to serve you or help you out. And so to, if you can make the whole process as simple and painless as possible. So like you said, even asking for bios and links and headshots ahead of time, then you don't have to keep going back to them or you know keep sending more emails, keep sending more texts, whatever that is, to make it as simple and painless for them as possible. Right. So I mentioned earlier, I'd walk you through my process. When I invite a guest on the show, what does that look like? How yeah. do I do it? What do I send them? So I mentioned a lot of it already as we talked, but just kind of to give you a start to finish process, what that looks like. I'll first reach out to someone that I want to interview, usually through social media. I'll direct message them or I'll, if they have an email address that they promote, that they advertise, I reach out to them that way, right? So the initial contact, initial information, what I send is who I am, the name of my podcast. I'll send a link to the podcast. I'll talk about the purpose of the show and why I'm inviting them to be a guest on the show. So that's the first bit of communication. Opens a door. If they have questions, you have my contact information. We'd love to hear from you. I'll follow up with you in a couple of days. If I haven't heard from you, just to confirm. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I send. If they're interested, if and when they're interested, the next thing I send them is a link to my calendar to schedule. Now, mm. I would... Definitely recommend that. I didn't always do that. I used to say, you know, when are you available? Let's see if let's compare calendars, whatever. But that inevitably leads to five or six more emails. Mm -hmm. I can't do it that time, but what about this time? No, my kids have practice, but right. So you're back and forth a lot. So you schedule out as the podcast host when you are available, you send them that link to your calendar and they can schedule in a time that matches up. Makes it much easier on your guests, saves you all those emails. So when you get that, I use, I've used Calendly, I've used Koalander, that's like Koala, like, Calendar, yeah. Koalander, <laughs> okay, yeah. I like it, I yeah. might try that one just because I think that's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's got a cool little icon. Yeah, that looks like a koala, it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, but those are the calendars that I've used to send people. When they schedule, it will send you an email, both of you an email, an invitation that puts it right on your, whatever calendar program you use, Google or whatever, that you can accept, and now you both have the same information. So then what I do is I'll send, I'll let them know, we're gonna record what platform we're using, we're gonna record on Riverside, here's the link that will be available that day, you can jump on and play around with it, uh, but we're not gonna record till that day, but you can play with it a little bit. Riverside will send you an email with all the setup instructions that you need. So be sure to check your junk mail folder, your spam for that information. If you don't receive it, please let me know and I will, I'll make sure you get that information. So that's the follow-up. Along with that email, I list, here's a couple things to consider, all the things that we talked about. Your setup, your microphone, where you're at, make sure your fans are off. I also send the outline of the show at that time. And so for mm -hmm. good podcasting, if I'm interviewing someone, I talk about what's your show, what's the purpose, and why'd you get started, right? So that's kind of the first, kind of lump that all into one topic. We talk about your technology that you use uh, to record, and then we talk about your challenges and your next steps. Like what have you faced, how'd you overcome them, and what are you gonna be doing next? So those are the three topics that I say, hey, this is what we're gonna talk about. If you have questions, please let me know. 
Look forward to seeing you on such and such date. Once again, here's the link to the studio. Looking forward to it. Reach out if you have questions. That's how I prepare my guest. Mm-hmm. I'll usually follow up the day before and say, hey, just check it in. Make sure we're good to go. If you have mm-hmm. any questions, let me know. And then when we jump on, we're good to go. I also ask for, I guess I forgot the in that email because I got long-winded on it. I mm-hmm. ask for their bio and their links and anything that they want me to use for promo purposes to send me those files as well in communication. So again, that all happens before they even jump on so that on the day of recording, all you really have to worry about is just the podcast itself. That's correct. Yep. And there are still moments <laughs> where there's a fan on in the background and you say, hey, can you turn that off? Like I can hear that. And they, they may not hear it, right? Because it's normal in their house, but they may not know their mic's picking it up and I can hear it on my end. So there's Usually some things that you have to walk through, like last minute prep, mm-hmm. that are important sure. to go through too, um, but it's really just reviewing all the stuff that we I've already sent them. So again, one of the keys to recording remotely is preparing your guest really well. Um, again, we use that through Riverside. Brian, tell them about our 15% promotion. Yeah, so there's a link in the description. We use Riverside to record our remote interviews. There's a link in the episode description where you can test out Riverside. You can subscribe to Riverside and use it, and you get 15% off through that link. So be sure to check that out. There's also an affiliate link for Captivate FM, which is our host site that we use. If you're interested in a podcast platform that you can upload your, your podcast to, that will push it out to all the major podcast directories. It gives you good marketing information, some additional links that they provide uh, that maybe some other host sites don't. It's one of the reasons we use Captivate. There's Mm -hmm. a a link in the description for that as well. And if it's not out already, I'm working on a video that will soon be out on how to use Riverside and some of the features that they offer that we love about it over and above, maybe some of the other video podcast recording remote platforms that are out there. So yeah, check out our show notes and uh, we'll talk to you soon.